today on That's How I Roll, we say goodbye to one of the former stars of the show, and I do a drive-by review of Koi from Smirk and Laughter. So stay tuned for all that and more today on That's How I Roll. Up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Well, thank you very much. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to That's How I Roll. It's episode 106. And I'm titling this show, I Crashed Up My Car. So like I said in the little cold open there, we are saying goodbye to one of the former members, the stars of the show, really, my 2003 Toyota Matrix. Might I add the 2003 Toyota Matrix XRS. It was a six-speed manual with a four le- a four-cylinder dual overhead cam that thing was it was awesome but after 191,000 miles and over 10 years in my possession i put about 140 on the my 140,000 miles on that thing i uh, a couple nights ago after a game night was going home hit some black ice popped it up onto a curb and I was like side by side. Why am I saying all this now? This should be on the word on the street. Let's get into the word on the street. We're going to do that. Uh, also, before I get to that, all of that stuff, don't forget, call the hotline 216-352-3864. You can be a part of the show. Always going to tell you about Patreon. Head over to patreon.com or I'm sorry, theologyofgames.com slash Patreon. Get in on all the fun with our Patreon community. And of course, uh, let's see, what else should I tell you about? Oh, don't forget the contest. <laughs> the contest is still going on. Use the hashtag. Uh, that's how I roll podcast. Tell me your goals for 2019. Mine have changed to include purchasing a new car. And uh, we will uh, share those as the contest goes on. You have till the end of January of 2019 and you can get a copy of Star Realms Frontiers and Hero Realms from our good friends at White Wizard Games. Okay, let's let's go ahead and uh, get onto the sad tale of how my car died here coming up on the word on the street. So, like I was saying, I was heading home from a game night, which we had a good time. We played Thunderstone Quest. We played End of the Trail. We played, uh, what was the other game we played? Oh, we played Master of Wills, which is a new game from Starling Games. And I think it's Stormcrest, or I got to look at the box. It's, It's in the other room. But... We played some really fun games. We played Big Dig from Tasty Menstrual Games. So it was a good game night. Had a lot of fun with my friends and my homies. But when it was all said and done, I was heading home. It was kind of late. Not, I I mean, we don't drink at game night or anything. So it wasn't like, oh, I was a little tipsy and got in the car. 
it was just late and I felt pretty alert. I was driving, just listening to some podcasts to kind of keep me alert and active and going. And the next thing I know, I'm going down this hill that's kind of curvy. So I'm, I'm being cautious down it. But around one of the curves was a huge patch of black ice. And I could kind of make it out, but it was way too late to do anything about it. Uh, I started to skid, s- turned into the skid. And then the next thing I knew, I, I caught traction and shot across the street, hit this curb kind of made out of these large stones. And I was on two wheels for a little while. Um, I thought my car was going to roll. It was uh, a scary moment that uh, I was not expecting. But uh, thankfully, I was I turned into the into the the skid into the into the roll and uh, said a very fast prayer of <laughs> please, 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 please. <laughs> and uh, I came back down on all four wheels. But the problem is, is that when I got out, I noticed one of my tires was leaking. So I had to get and get some air in that. And I dropped it off at the shop. So <laughs> I'm nursing this car all the way back to the shop that we take it to, which is close to my house. And this takes like forever to do. And <laughs> so I'm not calling my wife. It's super late. And I end up walking home a mile from the, the garage where I dropped the car off at two o'clock in the morning. So I'm walking in at like two twenty crazy, crazy night. Uh, so the car was sort of drivable, but what they found when they, uh, were looking at it for me, there's some stuff underneath in the front end that just that impact of it, it slamming back down really kind of jacked it up. And with the age and the mileage and everything, it's, it's going to be totaled. Uh, I, I filed a claim. We're just trying to see, hopefully we'll get as much as we can out of insurance for it and uh, use that as a down payment on the, the next vehicle. But I felt this was significant. I mean, obviously, when you wreck a car and you, and it, you, you know, you're moving on, it's kind of a significant thing in your life. But this was the car that started the show. I, I started doing... That's how I roll, which was at that time, my drive in this car, in my 2003 Toyota Matrix. It was a fun car. It was a great car. It was both practical and sporty. I will miss it very much, but I've been up to my elbows in research, kind of looking at what my next options are. I'll be honest, guys. I have been strongly considering getting another Matrix. There's some newer ones out there, you know, like a 2009 or 12 or thing, something like that, that are very affordable and they have pretty low miles. Uh, so it's it's definitely in the contention. It's definitely in the running that I might end up in another Matrix. But I'm looking at some other like smaller crossover SUVs like the Nissan Rogue and the Kia Soul. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, I've got a rental car coming today, but you know, I, it's, it's, it's really interesting because the week before I went to game night and our good friend, Peter, 
who was there had parked his car, which is much nicer than my Matrix, just because it was, you know, I think it was only a couple years old. And he got it. He had a Dodge Charger that was just really a nice vehicle. And our game night was interrupted by somebody knocking on the door and saying that he had run into it. And this thing got creamed. And, you know, Peter was upset about it and, and really upset. He, I think he was telling me he'd never been in an accident or never had a car wrecked. So it was all new to him. And we're trying to, like, just talk him through it. And I my mantra has been to him, like, hey, man, I know it's not fun. It's going to be a hassle replacing your car. I know how that is. But it's just stuff. And I totally, you know, that's where I am now. Like, yeah, I'm upset. I, I loved that car. It was a great car for a long time. Um, I, my kids are upset that it's going to be gone. But it's just stuff. I wasn't hurt. Thankfully, it was later at night and there weren't many people on the roads. So there wasn't any chance that I was going to hurt anybody um, in this accident. It. So I'm I'm very very grateful nobody was hurt I wasn't hurt and and we're going to replace the car and we're going to move on with life and that is that is something that the last couple years have taught me you know going through what we did when our house caught on fire and and the the contrast of that with having a baby in the NICU like the stakes are so much higher right like I didn't uh, yes, it was a hassle and it was, we uprooted our family for four months and it was really, really hard to go through not having our home and, you know, watching all of our things be packed out so they can be cleaned. And then a bunch of our stuff going in a dumpster, like all of those things were hard, but my family was okay. And that is, I don't know. That is something that life has taught me <laughs> over the last couple of years is that stuff is stuff. and no matter how well you take care of it, someday the things that we own are going to end up in a dumpster or rotting away or who, you know, whatever that may be, you know, sure. There are things that are passed down from generation to generation and those things can last, but they won't last forever. They just, they won't. That's not how it works. So it's not the stuff, it's the people in our lives that are important. And I'm still clinging to that. I'm still clinging to the the fact that the things I do for my faith and for my the people in my life, those are the things that ring out as time goes on, not the things that I own. So there it is. That's the word on the street. It's been an eventful 2019 <laughs> so far, but we will uh, continue to carry on and we've got lots of cool things planned as a family coming up this year, which I'm very, very excited for. And so I am still hopeful for 2019 that it will be uh, a great, great year. So with that said, we're going to move on with the show and get into this <laughs> drive-by review. I almost said double take review. That's something else we do. On theology of games. I'm going to get into this drive-by review of Koi from Smirk and Laughter. Whoa! Hey everyone, look! It's time for another drive-by review.
Okay, so Koi is a game that came out just a, a month or so ago uh, from our good friends at Smirk and Laughter, which is the other imprint of Smirk and Dagger. So they've they've been coming out with games that are a little more friendly, a little more fun, a little more lighthearted, so it's not so much smiling and stabbing everybody in the back. And Koi is one of those games that they have put under that label. This is a game of... Uh, it's a programming game, I, I guess, would be the way that I would categorize it. It's got a solo variant, so you can play one to four players. The box says ages 14 and up. I, I, I actually haven't played this one with my kids yet, but I don't see them having any issues playing it. And the game time on the box also says 40 to 60 minutes, which is uh, probably about right. So here's the here's the overview of the game and the goal. The goal is to... Uh, you are a koi fish, and you are basically trying to get a delicious meal of dragonflies and frogs. So you are in a pond. The board is a, a big pond with hexes. And you are playing out the week of a life of the life of a koi. So there's four different um, sets of koi fish that you can uh, choose from that are really cool, like custom cut meeples with different colors and kind of different screen printing on them. And uh, you are sort of moving out throughout this pond, trying to seek out these dragonflies and these frogs. If you eat a dragonfly, you get. Uh, three points. If you eat a frog, you get 10 points. So the game basically uh, sets up that you you kind of set up on your edge. There's a certain amount of lily pad tokens and stone tokens that you place out. Now, lily pads, you can pass through on on the board, but stones, you cannot. So if you have to end up, uh, you know, hitting that or whatever, it messes up your turn. The cool thing about lily pads, though, is that is where every day. So the, like I said, it, you play a, a week in the life of a koi fish. And so it's broken into, the game is broken into seven rounds, each, each day being a round. So at the beginning of each day, wherever there's a lily pad, you're going to place, uh, a, you're going to spawn a, a dragonfly. So that's a very cool thing. There are there's some other tokens in the game. There are cherry blossoms. Like I said, there are stones, which are wooden meeple cutouts and then of course there are wooden uh, dragonfly tokens as well as frog tokens and then there's a bunch of cards as well and the cards are basically your your gameplay you're going to set out seven days uh, for your your weather for each day is going to kind of change and have an effect on the game for that round only so as you go through the game sometimes you may not be able to move in a certain way or it's harder to do certain things or some things shift or you can't eat certain things on that day. But uh, there's also movement cards and that's kind of how the game works is you're going to use these movement cards to uh, to go ahead and play. So you're going to each player is going to start off. I think it's three cards that they start off with. There are things that you'll be able to do that will help you draw cards. Your hand limit is five though. So you're not going to be able to hold on to more than that. And here's basically how the game works. You're going to play as many movement cards as you want. And on these cards, there are different arrows. There are 
straight arrows. There are turn arrows either to the left or the right. There are sort of circular arrow ones that allow you to kind of turn facing any way you want. And then there are some arrows that have a splash that will uh, allow you to jump over the next hex. Now, these arrows are different colors. There are black arrows and there are blue arrows. If you play a card that has black arrows, those are mandatory. You have to take those actions. So going straight means you have to move forward one. If there's a turn arrow, it just means that you rotate one uh, line of the hex. Uh, And then you can move forward from there, but all that you don't move when you turn, you just rotate. And then of course, like I said, the splash moves you forward, but you jump forward. So if they, if those arrows appear on a card, then you have to do those actions. But if they're blue, you can choose to do them or you can choose not to do them. So most of the cards have anywhere from like two to three or four different arrows all of them, you know, kind of multicolored. There's, so there's a little bit of both. Sometimes there's not. It just depends. There are also cards that have rocks that allow you to place two rocks on the board. These are cool because you can really jam up your opponents and stop them. You know, you can kind of figure out, oh, he's going over here to get that dragonfly. Well, boom, you can kind of put those rocks out to to make that harder for them or to stop them. Like I said, you can play lily pads. There's a lily pad card that lets you place uh, a lily pad anywhere. Uh, you can also have a frog card that will let you play a frog onto the board when you do that. Frogs will always eat dragonflies that are immediately around them. So if you place it in the middle of like three dragonflies, fly, fries, <laughs> dragonflies. Make haste to fry our talks fanciful vittles and try our new savory seasoned deep fried dragon fries. They're lit, fam. <laughs> you, uh, if you place it in the middle of those, it, he'll eat all of those, which is kind of cool because you can stop somebody from scoring a lot of points and then they can just eat the frog for one. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing. The cherry blossoms are a very cool card. Because wherever you drop the the cherry blossom, again, it affects the six adjacent hexes to the hex that you drop it in, but it pushes them all, anything that's in those hexes, out one. So it kind of ripples the pond, if you will. So you can actually ripple uh, dragonflies into yourself or into an opponent. You can ripple an opponent away from a dragonfly. So it's a very kind of cool thematic thing. The stones and the lily pads do not move on those. So the frogs, other koi, and dragonflies will, but and cherry blossoms will, but nothing else uh, will uh, ripple from those. So uh, that's really how the game plays. You're gonna play. Uh, you're gonna play the uh, the game through seven days. Like I said, you're gonna flip over those cards for each day, kind of telling you an event or a condition that's happening during that round. And then at the end of the round, you just count up your points. Whoever has the most points wins the game. So this game, I mean, first of all, you look at the cover of the box. It's gorgeous. There's some really nice artwork in this game. 
the board is great. It's really colorful and very, I guess, kind of watercolor looking. Like it's, it looked like it was painted with watercolors or pastels. Just a really nice looking board. Everything about this game is really calming and serene looking. The board is double-sided, so if you have two players or less, you use the one side, and if it's three or four, you use the other. So they really kind of took that into account with the, the design and the space that you're using. Um, all of again, all of the cards look really great. The uh, the the meeples and the tokens and and all of that are really well done. You look at this game on the table, and it it looks like a nice pristine koi pond that just is a great great looking game it's also a really fun game it's a very programming based game so you will sit there on your turn and you'll you'll be really kind of trying to lay out your cards and figure out the best way to maneuver for this turn and sometimes you just kind of have to take a turn to refresh your hand a little bit. Or the, the one thing that I, I found was a little tricky, not that it's a bad thing, really. The one thing that I found that was a little tricky was whichever way your, your koi is facing. So like if it's facing you, then you got to like reverse all the turns and okay, if it's a right hand card, it's going to turn to the left. And so it's kind of a, a different way to, to kind of look at that. It's not a big deal, but you just have to think that through. Your mind has to be able to do that. And the better you can do that, then the better you're going to be at the game because you'll actually, you'll be able to really use your cards to you, to your advantage. So I, I enjoyed this game. It was a, to me, this one kind of falls in that light middleweight heaviness of a game. Uh, like I said, the, the playtime, it's not really like a long game. So I wouldn't necessarily say this is going to be your main event game for a game night, right? Like you're going to play this. It's a little more than a filler. So you probably pair it up with something of a similar length, but you're not going to be like, we're going to play this and it's going to take two hours and it'll be the biggest thing that we play tonight. It's going to fall somewhere in between that filler and giant game um, category, which is great. Uh, it's it's nice for that that kind of, hey, I want to play a game, but I, we don't have a lot of time and I don't want to have a huge setup and I don't want to, you know, do something super heavy. This is a great game for that category. I think uh, I think casual gamers would have a good time with this. There's not a lot to keep track of. Uh, there is a little bit of uh, just be warned that you could encounter some AP, some analysis paralysis with this of... Because it, it just, because of its nature, it's a programming game, right? So like you have to sit down and program out your turn, but conditions on the board can change. So then you plan ahead, something happens, then your plans are blown. So you got to readjust. Uh, so it can, it can give you some, a little bit of analysis paralysis, but I think casual gamers would enjoy it because thematically it's fun. It's a very light, vibrant game. And uh, I, I enjoy it. I, I definitely recommend it for uh, family night, casual gamers. Uh, gamers that enjoy programming games are going to love this as well. It, it really kind of hits a good broad spectrum of gamers who would enjoy this game. And I, I recommend it. I think it's a lot of fun. So there it is. That is Koi from Smirk and Laughter Games. 
Okay, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for tuning in. Want to remind you, you can check out all the things that we do here at Theology of Games by going to theologyofgames.com. Right now, as of the time that this episode will air, we've got a splash page up that will take you to the contest that I mentioned earlier. So if you go there, you'll be able to find all the ways that you can enter the uh, contest for a copy of Star Realms Frontiers as well as Hero Realms. And uh, you'll be able to go to our homepage, which takes you, has links to all of our podcasts, uh, links to our Patreon page, links to the blog where we do all of our written reviews and so forth and so forth and so on. So lots of stuff going on with Theology of Games. And I really appreciate, again, all the folks who are out there listening. If you like the show, please do me the favor of rating us five stars, giving us a review online on uh, on wherever you're listening, iTunes, Google Play, so on and so forth. Really appreciate that. But the best thing you could do for me is to share the show. Let people know about it. Get those, uh, get those share buttons clicking. Get them out there on social media, wherever you are apt or prone to share the, uh, the, the things that you like. Go out there and do it. Head, hit up Twitter and Facebook and all those things. And uh, sharing is caring. That's what we like to say. So I'm going to get out of here for this week. Thank you again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And until then, just uh, don't don't take after me and crash your car in a sort of unspectacular way because I'm Jeremiah Isley, and apparently that's how I roll. Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and drive safe.